0: So, David, I have a challenge for you. Sure. I want to see if we can have our shortest podcast discussion yet. What do you think?
1: I think that's an excellent idea, and I will try to keep myself to as few words as possible.
0: Okay. Well, I'll remember you said that. Um, I'm curious as to what's happening related to policy discussions about kind of the next 6 to 12 to 18 months,
1: I think that probably your, your is perfect. I think that probably I would like to start that conversation with looking to a really bipartisan outreach effort that has just happened, and that is a, a bipartisan outreach which has been led by Scott Gottlieb, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former FDA commissioner under President Trump, and Andy Slavitt, the former acting administrator for Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services um, under Obama. And the two of them, along with a large number of very influential bipartisan uh, signatories uh, from healthcare policy, have laid out to Congress how they think that we need to proceed in terms of financing and preparing for testing, tracing, and for isolation. And in other words, how we go forward, actually. We've been talking about this a lot lately, but they've actually put some numbers down. You want to hear them?
0: yeah I'm curious about the numbers, but I'm also curious as to why you think this group came together.
1: Well, you know there's there's one level here at which I think uh, the White House and the federal government has said um we can't we can't tell everyone in the country what to do here. We need some of the outside experts to really give us some guidance um and this is one of the things that we've talked about a lot. um uh, we talked about in terms of things like. Uh, making, uh, you know, dialysis patients and kidney care patients uh, a priority for testing. And the government just doesn't seem to want to make those kinds of calls. They want those people outside of government and outside of the White House to kind of provide some leadership and tell them where they think they need to go. So I I think that's kind of where I'm sticking to at the moment because I don't have any tea leaves or uh, a crystal ball to know why otherwise. But this is kind of uh, the approach I think we need to be prepared to deal with um, as we go through this for the next six to 18 months.
0: So what were some of the specifics in their message?
1: First of all they start with the fact that the last package that came out of Congress that was assigned just last week um, included $25 billion to help states pay for testing and we know that testing has been identified as critical uh, for our next steps in terms of how we move forward. So then they said, okay, that's fine, that's great. Now we're gonna give you the hardcore numbers of how to deal with it. And they put together a request on three levels, and on three levels it comes up to forty six point five billion dollars over over eighteen months. And what they've said is first of all, you're gonna need a huge workforce that is going to do tracing. And and contact tracing, it just requires people. And so they suggested that we go for twelve billion dollars because they estimate that the number of people working in that area to be able to cover all 50 states needs to reach 180,000 employees through the next six to 12 months. Um, that's that's a big workforce, and we've seen the unemployment numbers, so it's not like there aren't people out there to do that. So that's one, that's one area. They're saying to actually trace this, you're gonna need a lot of people. Secondly, um, you're going to have a fair number of people, particularly if, if you have what echoed the wave in the fall, that they really want to be able to isolate from their own families and if they don't have shelter to provide them another way. So they also estimate a $4.5 billion fund to use vacant hotels for people who are exposed and infected in this next level of activity um, to be able to house them and keep them separate. And that's that's really a model that you've seen in some places starting to show up the biggest ticket item is actually a fund that they say for 18 months and it is it's it's based simply on the system of how we deal with people on jury duty so if you give a person a 50 dollars stipend a day for being when they're in isolation and they're giving the this a a price tag of 30 billion dollars to offer 18 months of income support for those people who have to self-isolate. So rather than doing the large packages that give everybody a big paycheck or something, to really go after, here we are, we've tested, we've found who's positive, we're gonna trace everything back, we're gonna make sure they're able to be isolated, and we're gonna make sure that they have the, the financial wherewithal to survive being isolated and self-isolation. And that's a pretty interesting, um, you know, path forward, and it's pretty direct, and it's pretty, it's pretty, it's laid out pretty simply, and it's a really kind of thoughtful group of people who have set this out, and I think this could be a real conversation starter of Congress, with Congress.
0: So you seem optimistic that Congress may take this advice and, and try to implement it as a strategy for moving forward? Well, you know,
1: I, I don't know whether it's optimism or whether it's like, Okay people. Um they, they've these are really good experts in public policy, in healthcare, and they've stepped up and they've given you some serious numbers and they've done a lot of thinking and they've got a lot of people associated with this effort. If if you can't follow this lead then, you know, we we, we need to know what it is you're thinking. And I think that most people on Capitol Hill probably will welcome this.
0: Yeah, and I forgot who said it but you know, hope isn't a plan and so it sounds like this is a plan and you have to respond to it and, and either accept it or, or shape it or revise it in a way that, that makes sense. But to move forward, there needs to be some strategy that needs to be a, a very concrete plan or we're not going to be successful.
1: Well, we've we've been talking about this as a trifecta. Um, and I do love my horse racing um, and it's it is a trifecta. It's like you've got to identify them and when you identify, them, you got to trace them. You got to make sure that they've got a place to be isolated and you've got to be able to make sure that they financially are able to do so and therefore will not jeopardize other people by going out and going to work because they absolutely have to have the money and they have no choice um, and policy has to be based in reality to be effective we can talk about all these things all we want but at the end of the day if you are if you are COVID-19 positive and they want you to stay home for two weeks and you're an hourly wage earner, and you really don't have the income for that, then something needs to be done to make sure you're able to do so. Otherwise, uh, people have to do what they have to do. They have to put food on the table.
0: So what's the next step?
1: The next step is going to be, um, uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, soul searching on Capitol Hill, I think, in terms of how much money they have spent and and how it's being spent. And so uh, I I put, side-by-side side to this, the fact that CMS today, or CMS has just recently announced that they are going to put a freeze on the accelerated payment program, the advanced payment programs that they have already spent $100 billion out of uh, in Part B of Medicare, which was designed to kind of be uh, you know, a, a catch-all for facilities and hospitals that are in really in serious danger um, in the last couple weeks and last month or so. So they're kind of doing a phase of, of stopping that for a moment and looking at it and seeing where they put the money and what is working. Small business is doing the same. Small business administration is doing the same thing. And they are beginning to look at how to retrain some of the healthcare workers who have been let go and, and be able to put them back in the workforce. So I'm beginning to see, you can see what I mean about, it. you can trace all these points together. They're beginning to figure out, okay, what's, where are we going to spend the next money? What are we going to do? And what's going to get us the biggest bang for the buck? Because they do want to make sure everyone's safe, but they also want to open up the healthcare system and they want to open up the economy.
0: I have an unrelated question for you, and, and someone had asked me this, and I, I figured you could answer it better than I can. What's happening with Medicare Advantage and the Medicare ESRD program?
1: Well Medicare Advantage it's interesting that you should have you should bring that up because that was on my list if we if we had time today, although I'm not sure I'll make it in our timeline um, Medicare Advantage is, is scheduled to start January one receiving uh, patients who are, already have um, a declaration of kidney failure diagnosis of ESRD uh, which currently is not the case in Medicare Advantage now that we're looking at uh, particularly looking at increased numbers of AKI patients who are currently going to be determined to be AKI but could become full-fledged kidney failure patients uh, as time goes on from the virus, then, you know, then those, their concerns. And, And the insurance industry is beginning to talk about that, that we could be hit with a really large number of people coming into the Medicare Advantage system with either AKI or with what is now been at that point will be diagnosed as full kidney failure. Um, so that's going to have some real impacts and we are waiting for the final rule on how Medicare Advantage is going to be structured for these patients uh, next year. And you know, there's a lot of factors that remain to be seen and there's a lot of questions out there.
0: this podcast is copyrighted by the american society of nephrology all rights reserved all content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice this podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition please consult your doctor or other qualified health care provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the American Society of Anthrology.